0: Oscar week is here. Confirmed? Yes, confirmed. Can we can we officially say that? We've been sitting on that for a little bit now.
1: Yes, this is uh, live breaking news, a uh, a brunch exclusive. This Oscars is, this Sunday.
0: This is one that actually, I'm going to use a film term, we've had this episode in the, in can, the can for nice. a while. We're recording this in early November. Today is November 3rd, so we're on the third day of November. Oscar nominees not yet out we have our projections though we made our own projections and we l- searched out some like entertainment tonight lists and we've put together roughly what we think the oscars are going to be
1: we have a we have our projection model the brunch projection model and we're pretty pretty confident in it that it is going to
0: i'm not i'm, I'm rooting for all hell to break loose i'm rooting for everything to be wrong i'm rooting for people to see like i'll tell you what if when once we get to the part where like we're like, hey, best picture, Ford versus Ferrari, they're going to be like, you know, these aren't the, the real nominees. Way, to, way to fuck yeah, up. Yeah, that right? one I'm not
1: totally confident in.
0: Um, but these are the Oscars are this week. Do you want a little Quentin Tarantino twist? Yep. We're live. Today is it's we're in the on the fifth day of February. We're recording this. We've been I was going to tweet this the other day, but I was like, you know what, DJ, be humble. We've been grinding regarding the Oscars. We haven't
1: really, like, in terms of just like exhausting ourselves, but we've been putting out fucking content. We've been putting man.
0: out content and I've loved every minute of it. Absolutely. I've been listening to I've been exhausted our mini in episodes. every
1: other aspect of my life and I just wanna die. But like we have been we've put out probably the most content for the yeah. Oscars as we have ever, and uh and it hasn't been it's been like a reprieve for me. It's been the most it's enjoyable f- thing.
0: I completely agree. It's been what I've looked for, not Not that like I don't always that we both don't always look forward to to doing brunch and stuff. But sometimes it'll be like middle of the day or middle of the week. And like we got to match up our schedules and it'll be this crazy thing. These Oscar things we've we've had to meet like a bunch of times to knock these out. And we've all we've both been in unbelievable moods, like super happy to have the break from whatever else we're doing to talk about these things. And I guess it shows that like we've. We're not necessarily good movie guys. We got Ken Jack on today. It was a bit of a humbling
1: experience. Great movie guy.
0: Yes, great movie guy. But I like—I've said this before. I—I I like our movie talk because we're kind of talking each other into, hey, is this—is this right? Is this? Uh, I got a good one. I—I I, I saw. I—I I took this away from it. Did you? Did
1: uh, you did know, it? honestly, yeah. like Ken Jack is a great, great movie guy, mm-hmm. and. Today was like an eye-opening experience because like a lot of his takes fall in line with my takes. And that feels validating to me because he's so much smarter than I am. For sure. For sure.
0: There were Yeah, there were a few moments where he said something that we were like, yo.
1: I was like, I've been trying to say that for six months and I just couldn't find the words to to say it. it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What did he say that? He said that about, um, I forget. Oh, is that was it the 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 Roger Deacons Sam Mendes yes, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we've got Ken Jack on. We're gonna go blow by blow with all the nominees and then just kick around some generic other stuff. It was an incredibly on topic conversation. We really didn't meander too much. No. We got into some Danny Alfman, Ludwig Göransson uh, detours, but is that really a, a
1: detour? I think that not especially at the end, yeah, like it was wants at the end. So
0: Ludwig Goranson That's and true. And everybody wants some fun uh, little factoids about Danny Elfman. Um, so what else would we did we not hit with him? I guess just like generally previewing what the night is going to be. Uh, Randy Newman's going to perform. I just looked at the performers. I was like, I don't know who any of these performers are. What, what's going to happen? I know that Billy Eilish is performing, and people are mad at her for it or something. People are mad no at Billie way. Eilish this week.
1: <laughs> She's not performing at the at the Oscars, is she? Yeah. Is it because James Bond? Uh, Billie Eilish to perform at 2020 Oscars. You're just totally making that up. I'll tell
0: you what. If I were making up a headline, that would have been a very believable one. Billie Eilish to perform. How about this? Like, see if I'm making this up. Billie Eilish will take to the Oscars 2020 stage for a special performance. Hmm. Hmm, I
1: don't know if I believe you, but I
0: think that oh, there is it says uh, it was confirmed she will not be singing the title track to the upcoming James Bond Interesting. film, but she will be performing. In... Oh, because bad guy
1: is What's she? Bombshell? Oh, bombshell! 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 Okay, <laughs> uh, that okay. All right, fair enough. But are you coming
0: around on Billie Eilish yet? No, I'm starting to.
1: <laughs> I think she's fine. With... Like I don't dislike her. It's just like I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily get it.
0: I've come around on Billie Eilish, and now I'm almost entering the territory where like. I borderline ride for (laughs) Bill Eilish, which that's a. Didn't see that coming. But I mean, I should have
1: because everything that you ever say say on brunch. Yeah. Um, No, honestly, for me, maybe this makes me a snob. Mm -hmm. The Oscars, man, it's about the movies. Can you just make it about the movies? It's the movie's biggest night. We
0: forgot to hit this with, uh, with Ken Jack, the. Big odds on whether or not something is referred to as a love letter oh that's true yeah we have to describe this episode as uh a DJ love letter Pete to the Oscars and Jack give their love letter uh, pen their love letter to the Oscars
1: yeah no like dead serious I think that a big reason why uh we've had so much fun doing the the reviews and stuff this year is because the movies have just been so fucking good This right year. I want to talk about all of them all and of even
0: them. the movies that I didn't think deserved to be Nominated for Best Picture,
1: got stuff to say about Still
0: him. Still a fun conversation to talk about Ford versus Ferrari. Still a uh, a, a very stimulating conversation to have about
1: a the rough Irish around man. the edges. Brits,
0: rough he's. They got a rough around the edges. Brit. There's a rough around the edges. Yank in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's rough around the edges. Family in Parasite. <laughs> There's this. This is a real rough around the edges. Uh, year for movies and. This is our love letter to it. So let's get to Ken Jack and break all this stuff down. We're also going to have, we're also going to consolidate all of our individual movie reviews into one episode. So we'll put out a tweet or something that will have a link to this episode, which is going to hit best picture actor, actress, supporting director. We got into. Uh, screenplay, we got into score, we got into best original song. So we really hit a lot of things and also dipped into for a, a, a second here and there things like costume design and cinematography and how those might influence other categories. So I, I really think that, that we hit yeah. everything we should have with Ken Jack. Also, so-
1: later in this week, we're going to put out like graphics and stuff with our scores yeah. on each of the nine best picture categories i don't know if we're gonna do stuff with uh with some of the lesser categories but those will for sure be out there and and uh we'll have some stuff this weekend too like during the oscars
0: yeah something that we hit in here we hit um are all what is it like all all non-nominated or like all underrated teams Mm -hmm. so like five things that weren't nominated for anything that we loved we also kicked around which i thought was an interesting conversation who had the best year that's something that kind of came up organically in the conversation that i think that might be worth a graphic is when you think of people like pew like scarjo like laura dern there was this was a big year for like doing dominance stuff. Yeah. for dominance right being nominated in multiple things so we're going to have all that stuff it's not what was the one we did a few years ago uh every time shape of water one we put out something that said, so and who, which actor was it that we said won uh, an Oscar? You know what I'm saying? No. Oh, uh, Michael uh, Stuhlbarg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he was in uh, Shape of Water and he was in Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Right? So yeah. every time one of those things won, we were like, Michael Stuhlbarg, Stuhlbarg does it six, again.
1: It's won six Oscars. And Stuhlbarg is cleaning up, folks.
0: <laughs> that was great. That was a bit that, Worked perfectly because I think like the first like three or four things were uh they were announced were stoolbarg projects. Yes. Stoolbarg, you son of a bitch! You've done it again. We gotta uh, get Michael it. Stuhlbarg on. For now, we'll talk to Ken Jack. Hi, Ken Jack.
2: Hey, what's going on, fellas?
0: Folks, that's Ken Jack. It is Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy, aka. The Jack Kennedy experiment. AKA I heard your real name is Jack. Ken Jack, do you know that in uh, The Irishman, there's a title card for a title that's not the title of the movie?
2: No, but I heard you paint houses.
0: Oh! That's, a that's, just, cr- that's what we call a callback right there. That's just like your classic LCP type of, like, this guy's seen a movie, you know? It's pretty good. Uh, before we jump into the Oscars and everything, want to quickly kind of take your temperature for the, the brunch listeners who might not also be LCP listeners. just going to throw off, out a uh, few movies that have meant a lot to Brunch and see where you stand on it. Um, Midsommar.
2: Midsommar. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about Midsommar uh, later on in this podcast right here because I no think, matter I think what. we're going to talk a, a little bit about Snubs, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so that should give you a barometer on how I feel about it. I feel very highly about it. Cool. Cold Pursuit. Cold Pursuit, I think goes underrated from 2019 among some of the better action movies. Hell yeah. Interesting. Ready or not. <laughs> Ready or not. That one I really liked it conceptually. I think that the the exact the actual idea of it was really cool, but maybe the execution was a little flawed. Did like that lead actress quite a bit. I always forget her name.
1: Yeah. How did you feel about uh, Hobbs and Shaw? That was one that we differed on.
2: <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. You, that is a movie you need to take like how it, like take it for what it is, right? Hobbs and Shaw. And if you like, think if you do, you enjoy it a lot. Like it, it, but otherwise, if you try and take it too seriously, like I understand how you could dislike it. But I take it as this movie franchise started with a bunch of guys trying to steal like blu-ray players or whatever in like two thousand <laughs> and and now graduated to them saving the world every single movie. So in that respect, I like Hobbs and Shaw. But as far as like a competently made movie goes, maybe not so great. Countdown. <laughs> This countdown. is going to be the whole podcast. <laughs> just <laughs> countdown. Damn. Um. That's the one with the uh, app. It's yeah, it's the one with the the app that counts down until you're going to die. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, another interesting idea, but almost like a, a dumb Black Mirror episode that uh. wouldn't have probably even aired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is, uh, this is also the first time that you've been on the podcast since uh, DJ declared you public enemy number one That's of, of the podcast.
0: That's true. We uh we had a diss track back and forth. I hadn't even thought about that when we yeah, got first up for
2: Yeah, we did the John Cena uh, take on one, which was... Oh, I'm just going to say, not to toot my own horn, the John Cena diss track was absolutely awesome. You guys had a great diss track. Did you... So when we do ideas that are Pete's ideas,
0: they're accessible and kind of... Bad? No, 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 everyone can understand them. When we do DJ ideas, they're very specific, and the goal is like, hey, if four people understand it, it's going to be the funniest thing in the world for those four people. Uh, Did you understand that our counter to you saying, did you even see it, was an entire diss track of us not saying anything specific enough? to confirm that we'd seen the movie.
2: All we talked about was, like, I bought a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) No, yes, absolutely. And you see, that's, like, exactly what my my whole personal brand is about, is extremely eclectic references that, like, two people understand and think are funny, and everyone else is like, you're an asshole. So, like, I very much appreciated it. I recorded
0: my uh, parts for that at work. Because we – yours came out, like, during the day, and we wanted to have something the next morning, but I was at work. So, I was, like, in a conference room – in like the corner covering my mic as I was yelling, <laughs> like, fucking LCP. <laughs> Good times. Be-
2: I think that was between when we were the number one unaffiliated podcast ever and working at Barstool. So I was very unemployed and able to record in the middle of the day. So it was, that was much easier for me than you, I understand.
0: That was amazing. So who had verses on that? That was Was that just you and
2: was Jeff not on that? I think it was just me and Trill, and I nice. think I wrote I wrote all the lyrics, and then Trill wrote the the hook. Yeah. Mm. Trill had the hook. Yeah. that's the one that
0: uh, it even had full frontal dong. Yeah. Yes, full frontal dong. Yes. Yeah. Elseward, uh blockers good. is good, and brunch is wrong. That was that was yeah. Yes. That's a bar. That that's a bar. <laughs> this is good. Other thing is bad. Uh-huh. That was yes, a I, good mean, time. I
1: mean, I mean, you had the dagger on that one too. It was like a. Uh... Uh, you said uh, your podcast is like your namesake. It's just an excuse to drink.
2: <laughs> that Yeah, that was one that I wrote where I was like, this this is going to be the <laughs> dagger from the diss. And boy, did it hit. Oh, I love that one.
0: My favorite line was, uh, first I got in the car, then I drove to the theater, took my movie pass card, got a ticket for Peter. Like, that is confirming,
2: <laughs> duh, we've seen the movie roasted. right in your face. <laughs> I personally take it to a movie. Also confirms that that diss track was made in 2018 because Movie Pass was still a thing. It's true. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: we we had to we definitely had to date the diss track by putting <laughs> Movie Pass in it. We knew we were so into Movie Pass. Once Movie Pass folded, I don't even know if it folded. It had to have. But once we moved away from Movie Pass, we lost like half of our content mm-hmm. for like two years. Our content was just all thunder, and then it was <laughs> Movie Pass. And actually in the the diss track samples Thunder so that was also a good little overlap. But yeah, man, we got to get we got to get more fights
2: more often. It brings I, I I think the fans end up winning. They get all this good music. Yes, exactly. That's they're the number one winners because they get to see all like the diss track beefs. But now we're basically like we're like Meek and Drake right now. We're like everyone's like, "Oh, they'll never get along." Now, look at us. We're all friends. Yeah. It's true. Our, yeah. our very real beef that was very very serious is now
0: gone. I remember yeah when my mom called me the next day like her voice was all shaking and she was like are you okay are you safe and I was like I'm handling it okay mm-hmm. we're handling it I, we're going to be f- Pete I don't know if Pete's going to be okay but it was a, it was a rough ride for me but we got through it we we all got through it uh, we're going to go beat by beat uh, on the the big nominees like I guess we'll hit on cinematography because I think there's an important tie in to best director with uh, sure. cinematography but generally we'll do like best picture uh, actor, actress, actor, as the woman who pissed off Quentin Tarantino said when asking about Margot Robbie, we're going to do best actor, best actress, etc., etc. But we want to start with our all underrated teams, which is just five things that weren't nominated for anything. So completely like, shut out. Right. Completely shut out. Last year, I feel like last year's list would have been, had more interesting ones. Like last year I would have put, um... Blake Lively, for a simple favor, simple favor in there. Yeah. She got no love for anything. I thought she was great. But uh, uh, Ken Jack, if you if you got yours, you want to rattle off five things that got no love that either deserved it or hold a special place in your heart.
2: Sure. So I have a really huge list on this, I think, just as far as movies the, this year that probably should have gotten some sort of love in some, even if it's technical categories, whatever. Um, but I think my five through one, number five would be unc- Uncut Gems, I think at least like something screenwriting for original screenplay because that's something that the Safdie brothers worked on for 10 years and I really do think that it was like wonderfully put together. It's like an hour and a half long anxiety attack that it's it's a very difficult sort of feeling to get across through film, a film medium and I think they did that wonderfully. Um, my number four would probably be Last Black Man in San Francisco which got Zilch which is absurd. Wild. Wild. Absolutely absurd. Amazing performances across the board. Great story and just wonderfully told. Uh, number three, Dolomite is my name. I mean, Eddie Murphy, man. I, I feel like I haven't seen him since, like, Meet Dave in, like, <laughs> really, that's – maybe, no, Tower Heist. I think it was the last movie I saw with Eddie Murphy. And he's so fucking good in this. And this is, like – Dolomite tells a story that, like, I don't think a lot of people would know otherwise, right? Like, right. exploitation stuff kind of gets forgotten about throughout, cinema, like, cinema history. And it's really important. And, like, Rudy Ray Moore is, like, a really important uh, kind of guy in uh, cinema, uh, cinema's history. My number two, we talked about a second ago, Midsummer, Midsummer. Yeah. I, I dude, I don't understand how it didn't get score. It didn't get cinematography. It didn't get like editing. It did, it should have had something, something, man. <laughs> that was absurd to me. And then uh, my number one is the Farewell. The Farewell getting shut out is, is just so stupid to me. So I stupid. didn't even think about the
0: Farewell I, not getting anything. We just kicked around mine, like, how yeah. did Aquafina not get nominated?
1: But holy smokes, you're right. I didn't even consider that The Farewell didn't get any knobs. Pete, what you got? Uh, so I got number one for me is uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Uh, that's like one of my favorite movies of the year. And, and I, I, I knew that it probably wasn't going to get anything, but it's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. So that's on my list. Uh, uncut Gems for all the reasons that Ken Jack laid out. Uh, Midsommar agreed. Uh, I also have The Farewell. Uh, last Black man in San Francisco, so the list is pretty similar, but I will also add uh, Booksmart onto that list. I, I think that Booksmart, really, I don't know what the hell it would actually be nominated for here, but I, I and I don't want to call it underrated because it got a ton of love this year. That movie is awesome. Best and
0: soundtrack so... it should have got. It had a dope-ass soundtrack. It's true. They don't right. do a best soundtrack, though, right? They just do best original score? score. Yeah, no yeah. soundtrack. That should get some love. We should make that separate award. Right, that'd be dope. Like, imagine Rostan One spot and like, Wes from Rara Riot going up on stage at the Oscars being like, yo, <laughs> close in on this EGOT, motherfuckers. That would rule. <laughs>
1: exactly. uh, the, uh, uh Booksmart had the uh, best pervert bit. Maybe that should be yes. a new category at the Oscars. What was that? the the pervert bit what where they uh, they get into the guy's car that they think is their uber driver ah yes and then they end up seeing his poster at the uh, police station at the end of the movie
0: i'll tell you what this was uh, this was controversial i just wasn't as big on book smart and good boys as everybody else it was i'm glad that the same movie is being made in different ways but it still felt like the same movie to me i think it's that there fair, were parts but... of book smart that were like way funnier than parts of super bad but Having seen all those movies a bajillion times, I, I wasn't I wasn't as blown away maybe uh, as some other people were. But they were they were solid movies. My uh, my number one uncut gems. Number two, you want to really talk about a movie that no one made a peep about after? I feel like its first few days everyone was like, "Holy shit, this is great!" And then there was silence. Is Queen and Slim, which oh, I yeah. love. Queen and Slim was like definitely one of my top ten movies of the year, possibly. Top five should have been for either cinematography, directing. Everyone was was furious uh, that that uh, that it was all men who were nominated for best director, and Melina Matsukis, I think should have the biggest gripe there, more so than Greta Gerwig.
2: Yep, number absolutely.
0: three. Yeah, n- number three, Midsommar. Number four, Cold Pursuit had to do it to him, (laughs) rewatched it this morning, legitimately forgot Laura Dern is in it. I laughed out loud when they showed her in the... She's like the the very beginning of the movie. Holy smokes, Laura Dern in that classic. And number five,
2: another one that really, no love at all, Loose. You guys see Loose? Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Really, really good. That was the story. It was like um, the guy. He's like a really like athletic, like awesome student. Uh, I think he was adopted, right, by a white, white family. He's like African American, and um, he has like a bunch of issues with one of his teachers, who she believe, like I think he believes, is like kind of like, unfairly picking on him, and other yes. black students, right? And yeah. Oh, it's really, really good. And you know who that the the teacher is that he hates uh, so much that he can't
0: get along with? Olivia Spencer. Laura Dern. That's a great, that's a great Octavia Spencer. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. If it were Laura Dern, and Laura Dern was the teacher who was being an asshole to him because he was black, it would be a much different movie than yes. the one that that uh, ended up coming out. That was that was really 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 good movie though. It's it's a uh, it's a makes you think movie. It ends with without you necessarily feeling you have all the answers. And this was a big year for for Make You Think movies. So, shout out, loose. Luce. I, the, the, we all had some, some pretty solid choices there. Um, let's go into Best Picture now, which I know what you're thinking. Wouldn't you save that for the end? Not really. We want to set the tone on which movies we liked and which ones we didn't. Uh, nominees are Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, 1917, Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, Ford vs. Ferrari, Joker, and... The Irish Man. I would say that that some snubs for that are probably Uncut Gems, maybe Knives Out, uh, and whatever else you want to throw on that list. This is a category that it seems like there's everyone has the same sort of top four, and then five through nine is great movies. But but whatever,
1: I, I wanna I wanna I would like to go through and get if uh, if you have it in front of you, what is it nine total? I would like to get yeah. the the order. Like you know, the order in which you would put these. You know what's nuts? Nine through one. I didn't
0: write out. I wrote out the nominees for every category. I didn't for best picture. So I just scrambled and read mine in order. Oh, So mine are one Parasite, two Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, three Little Women, four 1917. I'm going to pause and say shut Damn. out this fucking year that 1917, which was a pretty perfect movie is my fourth best of these noms five marriage story six jojo rabbit seven ford versus ferrari eight joker nine the irish man
1: all right Mm. i'm gonna go i'll go second ken jack you go third uh number one for me uh i'm gonna go 1917 i think i'm ready to put it there that's my number one number two parasite it's very very close i i like lost sleep over whether that would be one or two number three Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, four Marriage Story, five Jojo Rabbit, six Little Women, which I love. It's crazy that it's my sixth best movie of the year. Uh, The Irishman, seven Joker, eighth, and Ford vs. Ferrari, ninth. Mm.
2: I like those picks. Uh, For mine, I would go Parasite One. That's been my number one movie since when I saw it in August. I think I literally blogged it in August. I'm like, I already know this isn't going to change. Like, there would have to be a miracle. For something to be better than this. Uh, in 1917 came super, super fucking close. Super <laughs> fucking close. They're my number two. Once upon a Hol- time in Hollywood is my number three. Uh, I think, and this is this is a little bit of a harder one, but probably Marriage Story as my number four. Uh, then uh, I'm just looking at these now because I have mine. Like the way our movie databank looks is like I have different shit there for my best ones. Like the Best Picture nominees aren't necessarily what I think are the best movies of the year, obviously. Uh, but I think next I would go probably. Jojo Rabbit, Irishman, Ford vs Ferrari, Little Women, then Joker. That's my last one on there. But I also think that not, like if I could have snubbed in some other guys, I would have, like I would have had the Farewell in here. I would have had probably Last Black Man, in San Francisco, and Midsummer in here. But a movie like Midsummer is never going to get nominated in here. But at the end of the day, 1917 is going to end up winning this award. I think they have all the uh, momentum right? Like they have the Producers Guild Award, they have the Directors Guild win, they have BAFTA, they have the Golden Globe, and I think Parasite only took away uh, the SAG this year. So I, it's going to be 1970s to lose, but I'd be kind of sort of, like I'd be put a little bit of money on Parasite to win. Put a little bit of money on them.
0: I, If we want to get into betting, I put money on Parasite, I put money on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I put Ten dollars, which is the most they will allow you to bet. I put ten dollars on Little Women, and the reason you can only put ten dollars on Little Women is because the odds are so insane on Oscar betting. The swings, uh, Pete and I, I think have talked about this on the podcast for – Nothing is like plus one hundred and fifty, minus one no, hundred and ten. It's not like <laughs> the normal, the normal kind of sports fair that you're encountering. It's if we think this movie's a favorite, then it is minus twelve hundred. And everything from there is at least plus three hundred. Little Women, I bet ten dollars on at plus twenty thousand. So I don't, I can't do the math there. I think ten dollars wins two thousand dollars. And before I even looked, right before I even looked at what the odds were, I'd planned on putting some money on Little Women because in such a packed year, because of how voting is done, where they just they eliminate ballots until they get to one movie that has 50 percent of the votes meaning if there's a very stacked year then it's not necessarily everyone's favorite picture it's the one that the fewest people disliked and I would be very surprised if a, if most of the ballots didn't have little women in the two to five range so I, I think that little women has a better chance than we think I still think that's like a 10 to 20% chance, but in a movie that's in a year that's
1: so stacked, I think that that's a, an easy $10 to risk. I don't know, man. We got three people on this podcast and two of them had uh, little women out of the top five. I know. I,
0: I noted that as you guys were saying that. That's crazy to me. Also crazy to me, I felt like I was the most obsessed with Marriage Story after seeing it, and I've seen it three times now. Of this group, I have Marriage Story the lowest. Kind of crazy. That is crazy. Just because I, yeah, just just because I had Little Women in uh, the top three, but the but two to four is impossible. I've reshuffled my two to four a million times. Like I knew the Marriage Story was five, Jojo Rabbit six, and then Ford vs. Fari, Joker, and the Irishman. Irishman uh, didn't feel the. I didn't think that they deserved to be nominated this year, so I don't really care about those three, but those other ones were locked in. But between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women in 1917, I feel like you can put those in absolutely any order and even you can put any of those as your number one. Like, if if any of you guys had said Little Women number one, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Or if you would said Once Upon a Time in Hollywood number one, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Which shows that this year was absolutely insane. So who do you think wins? I think
1: 1917 wins. Okay. Yeah, I, I think 1917 will... I, and I still go back and forth on this like 1917 1917 and Parasite for me are so fucking close that I think like 1917 will win and I don't I and like if you're going to say should win I think it's the number 1 movie of the year but I also think that Parasite was a much harder movie to make uh, by far and so like I would not be at all mad if Parasite won so and I think that maybe it should I don't know like Oh if, I
0: legitimately won't be I won't be mad as long as The Irishman Joker and Ford versus Ferrari don't win. I'm okay with all of these. Like yeah. Green Book was my favorite movie last year, but it was a good movie and when it won, I was I was cool with it. Uh, Shape of Water was not my favorite movie, but when it won, I was like, yeah, this is like an this is a movie that is the caliber of mm-hmm. Best Picture. I don't know if you guys uh, agree or disagree, but this this ca- a year 6 of the 9 are completely worthy of winning so if jojo rabbit won i'd be shocked but i'd also be like yo that 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 movie is (laughs) good enough to win best picture Mm -hmm. its issue is it's in an absolutely stacked year where uncut gems could have won best picture this year and it wasn't fucking nominated you know the farewell if the farewell were nominated yeah i
2: would say like
0: that movie's got some cachet that could
2: win and it wasn't even nominated so the one thing to remember is that a lot of times the academy will pick the safe answer, and that would be Green Book last year. Uh, Shape mm-hmm. of Water, some would say, was a safer pick last year or two years ago than some of the other ones in the field. I think in this year, 1917 is the safest if you're going to say it's between Parasite and 1917. I think 1917 was super, super straightforward, and Parasite was really complex, which is what gives it that edge for me over 1917. It's so like metaphorical. 1917. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's very very insane technical feat right um 1917 but at the, the end of the day it is ma- really really straightforward and Might, that, that's that's not to take away from it but i mean you have to give a parasite an edge in the that sort of like that's, storytelling i think that's I'm very going,
1: that's very interesting though that like the the what makes it to me like a maybe a better movie is how complex it is and like how how many layers there are but like at the end of the day you're saying that that might be the reason it doesn't win Best Picture. But yeah,
2: you know what? Because People like what's safe. Go uh, ahead, voters. That is, it's yeah, so stupid. To take away from it though, you
0: said not to take away from it, but I kind of do want to take away from 1917 a little bit, where it was a, a great visually, it was a stunning movie and an incredible watch, and you couldn't take your eyes off of it. So isn't that like a best cinematography versus, I guess we'll transition into best director now. If it's going to win all these awards, I don't I don't like when one movie is given multiple awards for one thing, you know? Like, I don't understand what Bohemian Rhapsody won any awards for, but if there was like, Neither. maybe maybe there's one thing somebody liked about Bohemian Rhapsody that, what are, you, what are these? Oh, they said the music was good. Get
1: out of yeah, here. Yeah, Queen did it.
0: So then they gave it like best <laughs> editing, best sound, best all these things. And I'm like, did do you actually feel that this was the best at these things? So, uh, best director nominees: Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes 1917, Quentin Tarantino Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, uh, Melina Matsoukas absolutely jobbed, Noah Baumbach absolutely jobbed, Greta Gerwig borderline jobbed. I would say that Tarantino, uh, Mendes, and Bong Joon-ho were worthy of nominations. I didn't need Phillips or Scorsese being nominated. So the favorite here, I think we can all agree, the favorite's probably Sam Mendes. Mm -hmm.
2: He's got, uh, right now, Directors Guild, BAFTA, and Golden Globes, and him and Bong tied for Critics' Choice.
1: Okay, so... Mendes has, like, overwhelming odds, I think, in the betting odds. Ton of momentum. So shouldn't...
0: Is he going to be rewarded for the cinematography of it because that is a category and Roger Deakins did it. So if Sam Mendes wins best director, I'm going to be, I'm
2: going to be slightly annoyed. So that was kind of my issue with it when we were talking a little bit about it on uh, LCB was that I think, like, best director, you have to award for essentially the directing. And uh, as much as Sam Mendes obviously had a lot to do with 1917, uh, scripting the story up and, like, making sure that the, it had such a very, very deep reverence for making it feel real and all this shit, like, yeah, he deserves a shit ton of credit for that. But I think that if he were to win best director, he would have to split that award with Roger Deakins because his... Yeah influence on the movie is what makes the movie what it is so in, in the same sense i don't think bong joon-ho has that same issue like he his influence is what made parasite parasite which is why i think personally he should win it but i'm not sure if he will just a bit just, uh, what do you call it uh based off of what their all the awards are going right now
0: i, I completely agree with yeah. that word for word i'll also note bong joon-ho is uh plus 550 right for best director That's amazing so if you want to bet on what it should be
1: that's the best that's the best bet of the entire night i think Mm -hmm. in terms of value so do we all
0: agree that bong joon ho should win yeah i think should and will
2: and will i think i I I hope so i don't think Phillips should have been nominated because like i think the joker has the best performance by lead actor this year but also it's just not a great movie overall and so i don't really think he should have I don't think he should have been nominated for this. And I think Ryan Johnson probably should have been nominated because I think his taste and his influence on Knives Out made it one of the better movies of this year. 100% agree, and and we we
1: said uh, like when we when we got the nominations and stuff, we did our episode, and I was like, Ryan Johnson made Knives Out the best movie that it could have possibly been in my mind. I don't think that you can say that with with Todd Phillips and The Joker. Like, I enjoyed The Joker, it definitely wasn't the best movie that it could have been. So I thought Ryan Johnson was totally jobbed, and I also thought that Knives Out probably should have been nominated for Best Picture. I thought it was very Mm -hmm. very very good. Um, But yeah, Bong Joon Ho for me. I don't know if this makes any any sense, but, like, I feel like Parasite belongs to Bong Joon-ho more than 1917 belongs to Sam Mendes.
0: I would agree with that.
1: So, like, and Parasite, again, I mean, unbelievable movie, almost perfect, pretty damn close to perfect. I think that it's his award to lose. I think that it
0: was perfect. I would say that you lack respect, <laughs> So. <Soul. laughs> It's a little reference to the movie Parasite, came out in 2019. Best actor. The nominees are Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Jonathan Price, The Two Popes. Uh, I'm okay with Phoenix winning. He's
2: I don't going think to. that's.
0: Oh, yeah. yo, you're <laughs> yeah, like, it's good. Say, I'm glad, but you're going to. But Joker's not the hardest role in the world, man. And I know that like, he. I wasn't surprised that Joaquin Phoenix, a very good actor, knocked the Joker, a very easy role to play, he
1: out didn't of the park. Play the Joker, that's the thing. Like that's yeah. my only counter counter argument to that is that he didn't play the Joker. He played the guy before the Joker, and that's per- that's
2: tougher. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's a fair argument, and I think he. It's a very, very great, great performance. And I do agree. I think it's the best male performance of the year. And, like, it was super, super hard. He had to, like, distort his figure and his body and, like, like get into this really weird and fucking dark place to get into this, like, sort of deranged character which is like you said pete like not really the joker it's a character that kind of preempts the joker like and preempts like what everyone's notion is is heath ledger and I, I think the ultimate achievement you can give it is that you you come away from this movie and you don't try to compare it to heath ledger you're really like this is its own thing right like you're not like yeah. i need to compare a, a and b you can come away and be like these are very different different characters right but i have a but i have a question like the the the, the
1: body thing do you Actually, put stock into that being like part of the reason. Tell you who does wins. the Oscars. The Oscars, but like, should it? Should it? Like, I can fuck up my body. Anybody can fuck up their body. I for can a role. and do fuck up my <laughs> yeah. body. Like, I don't think that you should get credit for that. And and the same way that I don't think you should get credit for like costume and makeup for for so like. that's what I'm actor. talking about
0: when they award one thing, one category. In multiple categories, right? We'll like say great Gary makeup.
1: Oldman and, and Darkest Hour, right? And fucking, uh, the, I thought Christian Bale, Christian Bale was Bale great advice. as Dick Cheney. You you didn't, but yeah. like, I think that the makeup plays into that, and, and like because he you because he tricks you into thinking, along with the makeup, that he is actually Dick Cheney. I think
2: that
0: if it were just Christian, if you, I think that if you watch a Vice table read, I think you'll you'll come away from it thinking, you know what, <laughs> Christian Bale not that good as Dick Cheney.
2: He's just doing a lot of vocalized pauses. Anyone can do that. So the one thing that I'll counter with is that sort of the award, right, for best actor is just like how much that this actor is pouring into this role, right? So like with someone like Dick, or if you're playing someone like Dick Cheney, you award someone like that more, I think, if they're willing to drastically change themselves at a physical level into turning themselves into that character. I do think that that deserves recognition as long as the performance is still good. And like yeah, that's but it's where not all... like the hundred and ten percent award. It's the best no, no, actor. No, no, no. <laughs> award. No, no, see, and that's see, and that's where I agree. But the academy doesn't always recognize that. And We're participation they... <laughs> trophies, guys. We don't we don't want the guys who tried the hardest. So like, if you look at a movie like uh, like Bohemian Rhapsody, like like at the end of the day, Rami Malek didn't sing, right? right? And like that's something he did not pour himself into that level of the character. And like Taron Egerton, he did sing. He poured himself into that level of the character. And so like that wasn't rewarded for Taron going that extra mile and doing something that should have really given him more praise so the academy doesn't always look at that the way they should but i think that if you're doing something like really really fucking up your body in that sense it is hard and i think harder than like we really realize to like get yourself especially as like an a-list actor into this like weird disgusting depraved looking like state like like almost like you're like an anorexic looking dude that's that's tough I
1: don't think yeah, it's that hard for Joaquin I, Phoenix, honestly. Right. Because I mean, he's, he's, he's fucking up his life
2: just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's because he's a psycho, man. And that, that goes into him being like, as good as an actor as he is.
0: You know I'm not a fan of whataboutism and doing the, well, if you're going to do this, then therefore you've got to do that. But it is a great point you raise on Taron Edgerton where Remy Malek was, oh, was given so much praise and yeah. given so much stuff for just, we can all agree, he didn't do a very good job didn't do a very good job. Didn't really do much. Didn't become Freddie Mercury, et cetera, et cetera. He only had one of the Freddies down. There were like four different Freddies. An you just did one the whole time. Right. Exactly. But Taron Egerton really, really like, looked like him, if you yeah. want to give him all that. Looked like him. Sounded like him. Really was as all over the place as Elton John is. So he that was...
1: Like, I, think the, I think the category is really strong this year. So like like Adam Sandler and Edgerton, like I don't have a problem with the snub in theory. But I also think like when you apply it year to year, there really is no excuse for Randy Malik, not only being nominated last Insane. year, but winning and then having Edgerton who did a much better job not get nominated
0: uh how do we feel about let's go with these guys uh two by two i guess uh antonio banderas and jonathan price antonio banderas i thought was excellent in pain and glory and the more i thought about it so he plays a uh he plays a guy who's got a lot of demons a lot of problems bit of a recluse using drugs et cetera, et cetera. And he's just very, like, mild-mannered but in a very troubling way. But there are points in the movie where he's really got a, a moat and he's really got to do something big and ugly. And I thought I, – I didn't know that Antonio Banderas was that good an actor. So I don't think that he should win. But he's – honestly, he's probably number two for me this year. And then Jonathan Price, I, I, I wasn't crazy about the two popes. I hated the first half of it, liked the second half of it. But I just spent most of the time distracted by it that. I didn't. It, it was one of the movies that I saved for last because I just didn't want to watch it. So um, I got some weird bias against. the
1: popes. I, I like the two popes. I was surprised at how much I liked it, especially for like a story that I absolutely did not care care about one iota. And I don't yeah. like old people. I don't like watching old people. Sorry, it's all very everything I don't like. But yeah. uh, not interested in two old white guys hashing it out about the Catholic Church. But this movie was very, very, uh, very, very interesting to me, and I thought that both the performances were strong. So I like Jonathan Price, uh, and I think that he should have been nominated. Ultimately, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Joaquin Phoenix is going to win. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that. Adam Driver deserves it. I think that Adam Driver deserves it this year. I thought that he was fucking amazing in Marriage Story, and uh, you know, it's it's a bummer, but I think that he'll he'll end up being back there. So it's not yeah. it's not a situation. Driver's where, like, three for me on okay. of that group. Uh, like last year, I was very very upset, and I wanted uh, fucking what's his name from uh, the the one with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, Richard oh Jen- Richard, not yeah, not Richard Jenkins. Richard E. Grant, yeah. I was really, really upset that he didn't win because I thought that he deserved to win and I thought that so might that, have been his only that shot. That was supporting,
0: though, right? Right, Oh, you're, yeah, you was right. saying like a case where like they're not going to be back there? They might not right. be back
1: there. I thought that was like maybe his one shot and he is an actor and it would have meant so much to him. So I was like really, really pulling for him last year. I, I can't really get that upset over like the fact that I'm resigned, that Adam Leo's Driver's going to back Adam yeah, Driver's right. going to be back. So like Joaquin Phoenix, I think is going to win and it's not going to upset me that much.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much of a question there. Uh, I did love Antonio Banderas a ton in *Painting Glory. Is my second favorite foreign movie of the year, only behind Parasite. I still You're think great. if I was going to take out two people from this, and, and by the way, I agree with you, Pete, I, I like Two Popes way more than I thought it was, especially as someone I grew up uh, like going to church school and all that shit, and I was like, I don't want to fucking ever talk about Catholicism crap ever again, <laughs> and I ended up enjoying the movie a pretty decent amount. But if I could take out two people, I would take out Banderas, and I would take out Price, and I would add... Taryn Edgerton for Rocketman Man because again singing is just that extra level that is really fucking hard and nailed it. And the other person I would add is George Mackay from nineteen seventeen because you want to talk about a physically demanding fucking role, an emotionally demanding role, and doing a movie that is in a one-shot It's probably I think it's only cut into like six or seven different takes. That is really fucking hard and really demanding for an actor that is a, a an incredible veteran, right? And George Mackay is, like, all of, like, 27 years old. And he's doing right. this, like, something that vets couldn't pull off. And, like, that not literal 1917 vets, no disrespect, love the troops over here, acting veterans. <laughs> well, uh, which guy in 1917 is he? So this is the guy who, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. He's no, the, I'm just he's kidding. The he's the only guy in <laughs> 1917. <laughs> he's a beginning to end guy? Beginning yes. to end guy?
0: He's a beginning the to end guy. guy. who.
2: He's yes. the guy that was
1: in Mamma Mia. The uh, He's one of the dads. But there's <laughs> yes. a twist. He's gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask, where do you think uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood ranks amongst his roles? Because it was uh, brought up by Jeff Israel, oh, I yeah, believe, it's his best he said role. It, that it's his best
2: role, and I don't necessarily know if I disagree with that. I think it was awesome. It it, it really sucks because it is a stacked field this this year, right, for Best Actor. But I really did love it a lot, and a lot of it was, I would say, harder takes than he usually does. Like sometimes I feel like a lot of his better roles. Like for me, I love um, Revolutionary Road. I like, I loved his performance in that, and that's something he didn't get enough recognition for, in my opinion. And it's when they the director, and that was actually Sam Mendes who directed that, and he gave him that space, right, and like these long takes to be able to like kind of get more into the role. And Quentin Tarantino does that same thing. Like I love. Um like my favorite performance ever from DiCaprio is him in uh, Django Unchained, and that's one where he really got like the opportunity to go into the space and like express himself a lot without getting a ton of cuts in the way. And he did the same thing here. I would I would, I think this would be my second favorite out of all of his roles. So you were saying uh, you like when he can thrive without a lot of
0: cuts. Not a fan of the trailer scene in Once Upon a <laughs> Time in Hollywood then, huh? Because <laughs> yeah, that, that was extremely my shit. Him just yelling about how much he hates himself. And now, like, and then dude, I going back that. and forth between, I'm going to change my life, and then like you're an asshole. The best.
1: I yeah, love the, that. that was drinking cool. followed immediately by like a pull of whiskey. Oh right, is so oh,
2: good. Drink it. <laughs> you're gonna change uh, your life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that like that's very close to being like maybe his best role. And I mean, it's certainly better than the Re- the Revenant. Uh, yeah. And so like it's funny that like his eighth best performance is the one that actually got him the Oscar, but it was Lifetime Achievement Award at that point.
0: Okay, Best Actress nominees, Cynthia Erivo as Harriet Tubman in Harriet, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan in Little Women, Charlize Theron in Bombshell, Renee Zellweger in Judy. We know what's going to win, I think, right? Are we all in agreement it's probably going to be Renee Zellweger? Yep, every single award, man. All the steam in the world. I'm all the steam. You don't want that steam. Uh, Totally on board with it. Judy's a movie that I didn't think I was going to love that much, but it was, I texted Pete after this and then realized like, it's not that big of a compliment. I was like, Judy is the best musical biopic of the last two years. Then I was like, I hated Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, (laughs) Rocket man. I thought was good to very good, but not great. Judy.
1: I think was very good. So I mean, it's funny that you point out that like like musical biopics are becoming all the fucking they are rage. hot as shit. You want They're you want to talk about steam, extremely bro? Extremely hot in the streets, and like none of them have been amazing could, so yeah. far. Yeah. So uh, I I gotta be honest i haven't seen judy yet i'm fucking so dreading watching this movie i've been i've been telling you i know you're gonna like
0: it there's no way you're not gonna like it. i
1: know but like i don't care about fucking judy garland i can't stand renee zell but it's judy garland at the end of her
0: life when she's been taking drugs her whole life that's some that's I'm some sure delicious in, shit. I'm sure it's
1: interesting, but I fucking hate Renée Zellweger. Uh, I'm going to see what the audience score is on this movie. It's probably are fucking high. I, I believe that. I believe you. I
2: believe it's a good movie. And you're going to like it. But I don't want to watch it. It's just one of those I mean, movies that I don't want to watch. Some of these ends up like the Two Popes thing, where like you really go into a dreading having to watch yeah, it, but you have 100%. to watch it for the sake of reviewing it. And then you end up liking it. That was kind of like Judy for me. Uh, like I really, this is in the sort of the same boat as UP. Like I'm just have no real interest in going back to the old school sort of self-aggrandizing Hollywood shit, but like it, it was pretty dark is maybe not necessarily the right word, but like it, it was no red tape, like in the same way that Bohemian Rhapsody was heavily, heavily manicured by Queen, this doesn't give you that, right? Like they, she kind of gives you a more, I would say deeper look, which is interesting. Um, I don't know if I would watch this in say immediately off top of my head, like, wow, Renee deserves this award right now. Like block of the century, Renee Zellweger. I wouldn't say that. Like if I was like just me, but if, as far as the Academy goes, like that's, they're going to be their pick. I can't see them going anywhere it's, a, it's We can, right.
1: we can admit, we can say that it's a weak category this year, right? Yeah. I, I believe that it's a pretty weak category.
2: Because of the nominees, man, they should have had yeah. first of all, Aquafina should have absolutely been nominated. Crazy. I think she yeah. had top three, if not top one performance of the year by an actress and Lupita Nyong'o and Us, that was never going to get nominated, mostly because it got released in like fucking February or something. But she was unreal in Us. So good.
1: Yeah, I, I have yeah. Aquafina Awkw- for sure, and I think that if Aquafina had been nominated, I probably would have watched Judy by now because it would be a, a closer right. race. And like the, one of the biggest reasons that I haven't watched Judy is because everybody's like. Renée Zellweger is going to win this award, and I'm just like, well, then I don't need to fucking see it. I'll just fucking agree with everybody else on the planet who's like, not even a question, she's gonna win. So, yes, uh, I, I think that Aquafina was fucking great in the farewell, and I didn't love the farewell like a, as a movie, like in total. I thought that it was a little overrated, but I thought that Aquafina was fucking unbelievable.
0: I agree with every don't word me. of that. It's easy also to to look at these nominees to uh, to Ken Jack's point. And say, well, this probably won't win. For, for example, Charlize Theron would that would be a that would be a uh, makeup and costume award because I think everybody was so blown away and she was very good in Bombshell, which was a mm-hmm. good not great movie. Mm-hmm. But everybody was so blown away. At, holy shit, she looks just like Megan Kelly. And if everyone's coming out of the movie saying, Wow, could you believe how much Charlize Theron looked like Megan Kelly? Then intentionally or unintentionally. They're not really Paying critiquing yes. or uh, or discussing the performance. So that I think was maybe nominated for the wrong reasons unfortunately. Sir Sharonin, I don't know if the Academy feels this way they probably don't. I have big what we call Sir Sharonin Greta Gerwig fatigue aka Sir Sharonin coming of age fatigue where aka Octavia Spencer supporting actress fatigue where we know you can knock this <laughs> out of the park. We right. know that if you give Sir Sharonin a coming of age film, especially if Gerwig's in the mix, she is going to she's smash like, that she's thing like a six a mile foot, out She's of the like
1: park. Zion Williamson in middle school where he's just like fucking dunking on these like five and a half feet tall white kids. It's like, we get it. you're good. you're you're like, you're gonna be one of the best NBA players, but you know what? Like I need to see it against tougher competition
0: exactly, <laughs> yep. exactly. Um and it's, again, no surprise at all. Sir Sharonin was great. But even when Lady Bird came out, I was like, "Well, I've already seen Brooklyn, and she was a lot better in that. And Brooklyn, I think, was just a much better movie than Lady Bird. So I guess I'm holding against Sir Sharonin that she keeps doing similar things that we all know she can do very well. Like I, I said a couple of years ago, If Octavia Spencer is nominated for Best Supporting Actress again in the next, like, three years, we have to send a – what's it called? A a market signal. Nobody vote for Octavia (laughs) Spencer. Force her to take a leading role because she's one of the best actresses in the world. And she's like, I can clean up if I ride shotgun here. And now we I got mobs. So, uh, jokes on us. And that <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah,
2: that's what you get for your trouble. I saw <laughs> someone tweet, like, someone just give Cersei Ronan an Oscar so she can stop doing period pieces. Please, God. <laughs> <laughs> just please give it to her so she can do a different type of movie. Because I agree with you. She's like a premier actress, and she's just be stuck doing these movies that I feel like are no, she's built not to stuck. appeal.
1: No, but like that's not. She
2: just chooses to do those. She drove there, but because she doesn't have the award, these 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 these, this kind of genre that she keeps doing, they're all built to win Oscars. These movies she keeps sticking to. And I think once she wins one, she's going to be able to do her like smaller indie projects. She's going to be able to do stuff maybe like a fucking franchise. She'll be able to do something that's outside of this very very small group of Oscar like kind of bait movies. Like, we kind of had the the discussion,
1: uh, and we said it with Timothy Chalamet, too, because Timothy Chalamet keeps doing the the Greta Gerwig stuff, too. I got big Chalamet fatigue, bro. But guess what? Like, Chalamet's doing a ton of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Saoirse Ronan is not doing other stuff. She's just doing this.
0: And I think that our frustration is so, (laughs) like, concentrated on Saoirse Ronan, because I, I don't, I can't give you a list right now. But if you say a name, name the the best ten actresses going right now, or t- ten best ten actors going right now, uh, male, female, whatever. I'm de- Saoirse Ronan is definitely one of the first names I'm saying. And then if you're like, cool, what's your favorite stuff she does? Then that's where the frustration comes in, where I'm like, well, she kind of does the same thing a lot. So don't don't go off of which movies she keeps doing. You really got to focus on how good she is in them. Right. So I, I'm with you, Ken Jack. Hopefully, may, maybe winning prompts her to do uh, other stuff. But even just having done this
1: a million times should prompt her to do other stuff. I got to tell you, like her winning this year would be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because one, she might do other stuff. And two, Renee, Z- Renee Zellweger doesn't win. And everybody who like watched Judy and was like, oh my God, she's 100% going to win. It's like, well, nope. Nope. I did think the that, biggest upset in the fucking. world I don't know would be if awesome.
0: I register a uh, as like a Renee Zellweger fan hater, whatever. I'm re- I've really generally been indifferent, but I thought she was really really good in Judy, love, and I d- I do think that of these nominees, she deserves it. I would love to avoid
1: uh, Renee Zellweger speech at the Oscars. <laughs> That'd be great. Why? Did you see her at the
2: Golden Globes? Oh yeah, it was a disaster. It was rough. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I, I, I watched it. it. What, did I, what did she do is a very good question. It was, yes. we don't know, it was some sort of cocktail, but allegedly, don't sue me, uh, but it was oh, something of some sort. I just remember, yeah, Jeff tweeted, like, uh, me,
0: I'm um, something, and it was something like uh, self-deprecating about Jeff, and that it was Renee Zellweger, hold my edibles. <laughs>
2: yes, dude, she's absurd. I would love search her, by the way, to just get this out of the way, because we might see her in, like, Avengers 6, then in two years. Cause like she be like fuck it, I can finally go and get the bag. Like I don't need. Well, let's fast track this. Um,
0: I do want to shout out Cynthia Revo. Had yes. one of the what a scene late in Harriet was like one of the the best scenes, maybe the best individual scene of any of these nominees. And also, she was
1: in Bad Times at the El Royale. So yes. shout out that movie. Uh, supporting actor is a really interesting category this yeah. year, I think, and. Uh, Hanks
0: for yeah. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins, Two Popes, Al Pacino, The Irishman, Joe Pesci, The Irishman, and Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So
1: my biggest question here, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Ken Jack, uh,
2: what do you think of Brad Pitt's performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
1: He's so a favorite. I liked
2: it. I liked it. He's yeah, very very clear favorite. He has uh, Screen Actors Guild Award, BAFTA, Globes, Critics Choice. He has everything. Like he's like I would put like a ninety percent chance on him winning it. But as far as his performance goes, a lot of people really really hyped it up. I don't think it was a huge leap for him to try and act like that. I don't. I That's, feel what like me, I was, That's what I said. Yeah. That's
1: what I said.
2: I, I was watching this and I was like, I feel like this is a toned down Aldo Reign. Like it's just like let's have Brad Pitt be like a sort of badass dude that just doesn't talk much but looks cool. And like there's nothing wrong with that. It it lent to the mo- the movie perfectly. Like it, it made the movie a lot better. But when I was watching it, I'm like, I'm not blown away with what Pitt is doing as an actor. As his character lends to the movie, that's great. But like that, to me it wasn't a crazy acting leap. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that was like
1: my entire thing. Like, everybody came away from this movie being like Brad Pitt was so fucking great. And like, I don't necessarily disagree with it. I thought that he was awesome. I loved the performance, I loved his character. But if we're talking about like in terms of difficulty, not that hard, because the role was basically written for Brad Pitt or, yes. like, Matthew McConaughey. Like, yeah. it was, they were just basically right. written for his type of character and for him to thrive in. And he
2: did, good for him, but, like, it didn't blow me away. Extremely in type for him, and a movie that people did not like, Ad Astra, I thought was extremely out of type I, for him. And exactly. And I thought it was awesome.
1: I thought that he was better in Ad Astra than he was uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in terms of the, oh, the he difficulty of the performance. Yeah. And, yes. and uh, yeah, I thought I honestly thought that this year Brad Pitt could have been nominated for best and best supporting. Because yeah, of Ed Astor
2: being snubbed this year was a huge travesty. Me, I know a lot of people really don't like it. I think it was absolutely. Tremendous. I thought it was. I thought oh, it was very I th- good.
0: I thought that it was a stunning movie. It and wasn't it, the best, but it was very, but it was incredible to watch. And it wasn't nominated for a cinematography, which I thought it, was it,
1: unbelievable. It,
0: that so might be dumb. the biggest snub of all. That yeah. might seriously be the biggest snub of all. Insane.
2: Really uh, it had at least cinematography or, or visual editing. I think the only other actor I think should have probably been on here I would say Willem Dafoe probably deserved to be on this list and then also Song Song Kang Ho from Parasite both of them I think probably should have been on there but they didn't get in like Joe Pesci I think deserved to be on Al Pacino for me I don't think was crazy out of type in Irishman either like he was very Al Pacino-y and like I was like okay that's just Al Pacino like it was I wasn't like oh shit that's Jimmy Hoffa holy fuck (laughs) he's so different but meanwhile, Joe Pesci was doing something super out of type, and he was awesome, I thought, in Irishman. Right, super,
0: Man. super measured, just different from what you're getting from Joe Pesci. I oh, thought Tom Hanks' character was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't, like, thrilled What's with What's that special? guy's <laughs> deal?
2: <laughs> I love just
1: being in bucking Mr.
2: Rogers' slander. <laughs> oh, being the, the. That's an asshole. Hey, that's a veteran right there. 260 confirmed kills in Vietnam. Don't you, <laughs> don't you forget it. Are you serious? No, that's wait, the, wait. that's the rumor that like someone spread. Meme. Yeah. Well once you
0: said Vietnam, I was like, no, but then when you said that's a veteran the,
2: there's a there's a meme about how, how he has like all these tattoos on his body, one for each person he killed in Vietnam. And like Mr. Rogers? Photosh- someone photoshopped him with no longer dots on his body. It's like that's why he has the sweater on to hide all the dots for the people he killed. Oh, like I basically. thought, so I, I thought you were doing like a, hey, did you know that like Adam
0: Driver was in the Marines? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It was believable that, that Mr. Rogers but like could have been. The meme is
1: that Mr. Rogers is like one of like the most prolific military <laughs> snipers yeah. of, yes. in history. I was, once you got into the
0: 260 <laughs> <laughs>
1: confirmed, confirmed kills,
0: did they do confirmed kills yeah. back then?
1: Uh, I don't yeah, know back then. No. Probably not. <laughs>
0: I don't know if they did back then. Uh, I, I, I. I didn't dislike A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I do have some Mr.
1: Rogers nostalgia fatigue, but I have some Mr. Rogers playing a real person fatigue. Like if we're talking about Saoirse Ronan doing period pieces, got to talk about Tom Hanks just completely. I'm going to be this guy fatigue because that's literally all he's done for like the past decade.
2: Let me never do an original character ever again. <laughs> I think that's what he thought after he was in Cloud Atlas. He's like, I'm not doing that again. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Time, again, y'all. That is, that is totally fair. Again, yeah, you do something like Cloud Atlas and it bombs to fucking hell. You're like, yeah, I'm just going to do period pieces and get nominated for Oscars every year. You know was a And great have a son that says Bombaclot. <laughs> oh, no.
0: You know what was a great performance from him? I think it got nominated. And I'm not. I'm not kidding. This movie got mocked for a lot of reasons, but uh, Captain Phillips, he was I awesome. I love
1: Captain. Why? Phillips. Why would yeah. that? That got mocked. I mean, the end scene he ca- the end he- scene is like one of like the most powerful like yeah, performances that I've up. ever seen. Yeah, yeah, where he has like the PTSD basically, yeah, right? And he's being like checked up on. I mean, that scene was fucking
0: powerful. Yeah, he was incredible. He was right. uh, IRL Captain Phillips uh, was an asshole, so people were upset. Um, yeah, dissimilar. Well, IRL reasons Tom for Hanks is an
1: asshole too. No, he's not. <laughs> no,
0: Don't
2: he's not it. <laughs> no. Look at the kitty race, man.
0: Yeah, when when cancel culture really first started popping, that story that went around gave me a heart attack. Did you, did you see that? It was like yeah. it was Hanks. like three more <laughs> actresses come forward, uh, <laughs> saying Hi, Tom. Tom Hanks is the nicest person <laughs> in the world. That's, that shit is so funny uh hard time so if
1: we agree that brad pitt is going to win for best sporting actor or like a 90 percent chance going to win for supporting actor who is the dark horse
2: if, if i had to put money hopkins? on a dark horse right here I'm, i don't really think so like see i like hopkins a lot and this is a role that the academy would love that's again yeah a really safe pick um if i had to pick another one i think they would in a, in some sort of sense, we might give it to Joe Pesci. Just like not necessarily lifetime achievement award, but to give The Irishman something, you know. Because I don't really think it's going to come away with a lot this year. Ugh. I How do you feel about
0: the I? I I didn't like The Irishman at all. It frustrated me. You could make a an entire movie with the pre and post Hoffa parts of the movie. That equals almost 90 minutes, which is insane to me. I thought there was so much fat on that movie. It was a long movie that felt a million times longer than it actually was. And I think that the great people who made this movie, the incredibly talented legends that made this movie, Capable should better. be punished, not rewarded, for, hey, you made a movie, they should say, you're incredible, you're one of the best players on Earth, why did you only score four goals this season,
2: you know? <laughs> so, uh, I, I actually I disagree a little bit. And I watched this movie, and my initial thoughts after watching were like, Man, that was really long. That was a drag. That those first acts were just took forever. And I still think that there was probably like 20 minutes to cut off this movie, and that's fine. That's that's totally fine. And I think some parts visually didn't work with the de-aging shit. Like especially, obviously, everyone points out the shopkeeper scene, which like love Scorsese all you want. It looked like shit. I'm sorry, but I do think that this was, as far as Scorsese goes, a very different mobster movie. Like everyone's like, oh, he's just doing Goodfellas. He's doing Casino again. I think it was very different. And very, very, I would say, poignant, especially at the end. Like the third act, I think is. I said, I said. (laughs) Oh my god, the third act. It was. It's it's a mobster movie with like more
1: humanity to it, and like more humanization. And I thought that that was what I liked about it.
0: What was this movie about? Was this a Jimmy Hoffa movie, or was it a old person is dying movie? Because I'll tell you, if I want an old person is dying movie. I'll watch The Two Popes. I don't really pay attention to The Two Popes. Is that what happens? No, no one does. They, die at the end. they both die at the end. I think.
2: They, They're both still alive just, somehow. I don't know.
1: I mean, I think they both died because that scene of them watching soccer at the end is basically heaven to me.
2: I thought they were going to, like, force Ghost fade away during that scene. I just <laughs> but they, no, uh,
0: If I wanted an old person dies, I would watch Chris Cooper in uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. <laughs> hmm.
2: <laughs> so I, I do think that the, the the third act was probably one of chris says he's best because that is the the sort of the one element in a lot of mobster movies you don't get it's just like you know how, the lifestyle obviously looks all glamorous blah 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 but like that that effect and how it, how it like kind of hits you later in life especially because it damages so many of your relationships that doesn't necessarily get touched on a lot And I think that that was really cool of Scorsese to get on. And I think De Niro really fucking killed it at the end of it. And um, I mean, so did Pesci. I mean, Pesci totally out of type and just fucking murdered that movie. You know, what's a cool trend this year. A lot of movies very, very deep on just like the, I want to say the power of friendship because that sounds corny, but a lot about friendships, bromances, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, bromance, two popes bromance uh what do you call we were just talking about <laughs> Irishman. bromance bromance it's a big time you gotta watch the it movie is a man. Bromance. it's a, it's a yeah. big time bromance it's just That's the two popes uh, just hanging out just doing poke shit
1: <laughs> oh i, I remember uh the my take here is that uh in the irishman uh scorsese should be automatically disqualified and it should be disqualified for best picture because it has one of the worst scenes of the entire year agree or disagree Starkeeper. yeah
2: the shopkeeper scene—I don't know how—and so I think her name is Teresa Schumacher. Uh, uh, this Scorsese's like longtime editor for like all of his movies ever, and she's a fantastic, fantastic like four or five-time Oscar-winning editor. And how she watched that scene and was like, "This needs to stay," is beyond me because it was—it really was one of the worst. That was like sea-level action. So I just want to note:
0: uh, th- this is going to be score one for the good guys. Pete and Jack here have agreed. That the Irishman has one of the worst, has the worst scene of the year, potentially. Yeah. And they were not referencing the scene in this movie in which he goes to buy his own uh, <laughs> casket and he gets Action a green Bronson. one from Action Bronson. I didn't have a problem with that scene. Are you kidding me? I was, the movie was so over by a million miles. (laughs) The movie was so over. It was, I mean, it it was very unnecessary and I don't, he killed Hoffa. The daughter wasn't speaking (laughs) to him. It was all tied up. It was over. And they're like, action Bronson around. (laughs) Oh my God. And then like (laughs) 70 more minutes
2: happened after that scene. Fuck that movie. they definitely slipped that past uh, Scorsese. He definitely had no idea who that was. Like the casting director is like, oh, I really like Action Bronson. I want to throw him in this movie. And Scorsese's like, Who's the who the hell is that guy? Why not so I'm in here?
0: My read on it was that Scorsese has like a bit of Robert Kraft to him, oh, where yeah, he's like trying. To he's be like just cool friends guy. with every yeah. star for some reason. And you're like, Well, how are you like dear friends of Meek Mill? And actually, Robert Kraft's explanation for how he's friends with Meek Mill is like pretty touching one of his friends was just like yo my buddy meeks a really good guy you should meet him and they met and they became friends And then all that shit happened so shout out robert Kraft. but that's how i read that as like uh, martin scorsese's like you know what kind of company i keep i know action bronson let's put him in the movie <laughs> why not that's cool that's, name uh... <laughs> so, yeah i could see martin scorsese just being tickled by And this fellow's name is Action? (laughs) Are are you related to Charles Bronson at all? Sibling? (laughs) Cousin? Wow. All right, so I think we all agree. The Irishman sucks. Uh, (laughs) Best Supporting Actress. Nominees, Laura Dern for Cold Pursuit. Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. uh, Kathy Bates uh, in Richard Jewell. Florence Pugh. Pew, pew, pew. I want to sound some sort of alarm for whenever we mention uh, Florence Pugh because... She's a uh, an icon on this podcast. And Margot Robbie for Bombshell. I guess before we get to these supporting performances, I want to hit quickly on ScarJo in Marriage Story and how you felt Marriage Story was acted. Obviously, Laura Dern and Ray Liotta knocked it out of the park. I thought that Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson were both excellent, but... They had their moments similar to, like, if you love the uh, Irishman, you can also acknowledge that it had a really rough scene. I think that ScarJo in the big fight scene, in subsequent watches, was not as good as I thought on the first watch, and I actually thought that that was maybe one of her weaker scenes in the movie.
2: So I think she was outperformed by Driver in the movie, which is not a necessarily a bad thing, because I still think this is one of ScarJo's, if not her best role, probably ever. And I don't think, again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just sometimes you watch a movie and you look at it like these two performances next to each other. And it's almost like you could be a 9 out of 10. But if there's a 10 out of 10 sitting next to you, it's like you just don't look like anything. Right. Right. So she, she was like the, the the duff to Adam Driver, more or less, in this scene. And that's that's that sucks, because I still think that it was a fucking awesome performance for her. And this was, like, a banner year for her, I think, in general. Yeah. Because she really flipped the script, I think, at least for me, of, like, her ability as an actress, because I think she was fucking killer in Jojo Rabbit. And, like, I, yes. I really would love to see her in more roles like that now, like, more, uh, like, fun comedy, dramedy sort of shit. Like, I would love to see more of that in less action roles. And I think she was fucking great in this. And I, I really, I, I don't think she's going to win either award. But I do think that it, she deserved both nominations very, very like strongly. Also, also like not to mention the fact that she also
1: had a role in like the highest grossing, one of the movie highest of grossing the time movie time. ever. All time. So like, is this is she in like, Star Wars? No, she's in uh, the <laughs> Avengers. Uh, but like, think about it. Is that did she have like the best year for an actress ever? She got a uh, best supporting, Laura best Dern. actor, best, best actress, <laughs> and in the highest grossing movie ever. Probably it's a fucking probably no the one best has year ever like done. The idea.
0: That. we should loop back and come up with like who had the best year this past year because Scarlett the, the ones that come to mind are Scarlett Johansson, Laura Dern, and
1: Florence Pugh. And then if yeah, that's the, that's that's really good. Brad Pitt. Is oh yeah, up there. Right. Brad Pitt's up there uh, in the in the actor category. I think Shia LaBeouf, honestly, it yes. might be up there. in Anir- the actor for him, Honey Boy and Peanut Butter Falcon, and then. And then you also have to consider Adam Driver, who is in fucking Star Wars, Marriage Story. And uh, the report wasn't too bad either. So uh, fucking big year for Adam Driver.
2: Yeah, yeah wild. Um, Laura Dern's taking this, though. Just going to note it. SAG, BAFTA, Critics' Choice, and Globes. I mean, she's going to win this. It would be shocked shock if she didn't. Um, I don't know how you guys felt in Bombshell. I don't necessarily feel, after watching it, that Margot Robbie should have uh, Definitely not. Definitely and not. Especially after all the nominees happened, I thought Jennifer Lopez was going to get nominated because I think she fucking was awesome in Hustlers. And Hustlers getting shut out was another big crime, I think, of this uh, award season because it, across the board, incredible movie. Um, and she Florence would have Pugh. There, would she, have? she would have been supporting there, would she? She would have been she supporting, been, yeah. So she, she was up Yeah, been, Constance okay. Wu, yeah, I would oh, okay. say, is the lead. Yeah. And Florence Pugh, um, I don't think she should have been nominated for Little Women, but I think she should have been nominated for Lead Actress. In Summer. Whoa. <laughs> That's what I think. That's crazy. I w- Cause So
0: we, we think that Laura Dern and Florence Pugh were the two best
1: supporting performances by far. The reason I would, say, I, the I would reason, say Kathy Bates is, is close. I thought C- Kathy Bates was I really wasn't good blown in blown away. Jewell. I
0: wasn't – I thought she I was know. very
1: good in, in Richard Jewell. Uh, the crying scene killed uh,
0: me, man. Uh, uh, F- Florence Pugh, the only thing I took away from Florence Pugh was that Amy is just an awesome role. And I think that that's an easy – similar to how if you're playing the Joker, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. Amy is just the best role. Like if I'm going to be in Little so Women, who do you wanna play? I want to play Amy. That's a killer role, and a great actress knocked Amy out of the park. I guess I'm not ultimately surprised, though, that Florence Pugh would completely crush that. That's the only thing I hold against Florence Pugh. She was obviously in her – role much more than Laura Dern was in hers, but Laura Dern's first scene, I said this on a previous episode, Laura Dern's first scene in Marriage Story, when she's sitting down with ScarJo and talking and like trying to be her shoulder to cry on and her eyes are just darting all over the place like a terrible actress is some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life because she's so well conveying someone who's, disingenuous is taking advantage of the situation I just thought that she she ruled even though she wasn't in the movie a ton
2: so th- this is where I'll disagree and this is, is this is not on Dern at all I totally agree with you there but with Florence Pugh and this goes with most turn of the century roles those for me never feel as if they are incredibly hard unless they do something super special because especially for someone who's a classically trained actress like Florence Pugh that's sort of the thing you grow up with in the theater scene is doing these sort of turn the century like roles. Like, that's something you're very, very used to, and something you're, you, most of your career is like kind of built on until you get into like big screen acting. And so, for me, her role in, in Midsommar is something that's a role you I don't think I've ever seen acted ever. And that's something that's, she trailblazed and made her own. And I found that that is way more powerful and speaks way more volumes as a lead actress than her doing a role that has been performed no less than, I want to say, 12 times now in on the big screen. Yeah, I don't think that, to me, is as impressive. And th- that's the only th- that's the only place I'll disagree with you there. And the only other person I'd want on this list, Zhao Zhen from The Farewell, Nai Nai. That grandma... Oh, so yeah! Sweet, so sweet, such a good actress, and so good at just playing the, the innocent old grandma that just, like, wants their kid, to or the grandkid, to be the best they can. Oh, what a sweetheart. What about... Um what about, what's her name? Uh,
0: Julia Butters. You know who Julia Butters is? Julia Butters. She's the little kid in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. The one that has Future her shit together. Scene. Yeah. That is a great scene, though. And then her little, her she little wouldn't tag be. at the end. the That is some of the best acting <laughs> I've seen in my entire she life. She would not
1: want to be nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Because She's, she would want to be a- nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I mean, right.
0: Doesn't she say She hates actor? the word Actress. Wow, really? a lot of use of actor in the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood universe, huh? Yeah, yeah. Between the interviewer asking yeah. Quentin Tarantino, that's what I thought you were getting at earlier. Okay. I don't know. Well, why Probably. do they still? Why do they still call it uh, actress and act an actor? Or, or yeah, why do they still call it actress and supporting actress then? If if it's a lot of know. people have a problem with. Oh, them. that that's that's set in the late 1990s. Yeah. So that's you got to remember this is
2: back in the the the, the day. It's true. They, uh, uh, that was all like a a long take. No, that whole scene where he's yes. going back and forth there—that is again, long takes to me will always be more impressive for any actor or actress. But if you're doing that as a fucking child, that is unreal, unreal well, the, level.
1: The, of- the, their meeting scene isn't a long take, is it?
2: It's the the. Is it? They they I, have an initial conversation when he's reading the book, and I want right. to say that take goes on for like two minutes. And again, think, that is so okay. uh, incredibly hard.
1: Yeah, that was that scene was great too.
2: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that. That's
0: where I I was saying it on our um, we do these little mini episodes for each movie that's nominated. I was saying her performance there is way more important than just, hey, you're going to be the cute little kid because she really needs to convey that she's got her act way more together than he does, which it's easy. Anybody can just sit there and chew gum and they clearly have their act together more than Rick Dalton does in that moment. But she is just so sharp and so like put together, and like th- clearly a has a good head on her shoulders. More
1: professional than Rick Dalton, who's considered to be one of the best in his profession. Right. She
0: says before she says that uh, she she hasn't eaten yet or something like that because she like she finds that when she d- she eats doesn't want anything this to, far to slow before, her down. Right. She's incredible in in that. Uh, so that that I guess takes us through all of the
1: the big major categories um so how do you feel so then let's look at screenplay like i i think screenplay is an interesting one just based off of like it, it's it, i think it, that is uh a closer category than than some of the other other categories
2: let me for sure i th- i think the odds right now are very heavily in tarantino's favor um but i think that there's also room for an upset there do you know that tarantino wrote that yeah, man, you need to know he writes like basically everything. It's crazy. I, I saw
0: it. I saw it in his speech. He's like, as long as that guy's like not doing anything illegal, I kind of, I, I, I kind of like his. What a weirdo vibe. Oh yeah, yes. hundred percent. That he goes up there like, and he's like, you usually thank the people apparently. that that helped make it happen. But this is a, a writing award. <laughs> I
2: this wrote it. Just
0: me, me. I wrote it. No one else. So the uh, the for me to come up here and. Thank other people. I reject that hypothesis. Yeah, and I just also yep, love yep, the fact that, he, that
1: he, he acts like he bathes in cocaine before every award show, which yes. is, I, I mean, I love it. Uh, original screenplay for me is interesting. Uh, I think the only one that I can really kind of throw out of there is 1917. Yes. Like, I, I don't really know if that punches with the other ones. Although
0: like, someone called you an asshole, Pete, because you said that uh, no it was women. a great movie. And then somebody said um they were like of course you like the movie with no
1: women and it was written <laughs> by a woman co-written by a woman yeah. uh yeah i mean i, I think the pa- parasite can very much win this one i know once upon a time in hollywood's a favorite but like marriage story i could easily see winning too i what would want
0: that?
2: parasite or knives out it sounds crazy but really yeah right. i don't know i just I want, want know, knives out to, to win to something Me too. That's it. I really just want Knives Out to get something because, like, you want to talk about a really fucking down year for comedies, like, this is it. And, like, that was one of the funniest movies of the year, Knives Out. And just one of the most intriguing, too. Like, you're captivated by everything that is happening in that film. Um, You guys are going to think I'm a a bit of a joker as
0: I hit this category quickly. Best Original Score nominees are Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and you're going to have to help me pronounce this, Pete. Uh, the rise of Skywalker. I don't know what that word is. I don't know what that word is. So um, yes, whatever that is. Um, I think that I strongly think that Marriage Story should win, but I thought Parasite should have been nominated. And yes. honestly, as I rewatched Cold Pursuit this morning, I forgot that's got an absolute heater of a score. Yes, that's, sure does. Like I, I, I can get that music stuck in my head, which is. I think a telling thing for a score, but Randy Newman, I really hope wins. I don't know what the odds are. I don't know who's favored. I believe Joker won at the Golden Globes. Okay, so Joker's probably gonna win this too. Yeah, Joker's got the steam. I'll tell you what,
2: I'm not crazy about that. Yeah, I I think the Joker again. I don't love the actual movie of the Joker. Like, I think it was. There's a lot to love about it, but I don't think it was like it's not a top fifteen movie of the year for me. But I, I. I also think that it the score is what made a lot of scenes that might not have been as good much better, like the bathroom dancing scene, all that shit. Like that, a lot of the, sc- the score had a huge amount to do with this movie being way better than it might have been without it. Like, was like if you put fucking Danny Elfman on that track, that movie would get like bomb, bomb horrifically. <laughs> wait, real
0: wait, you're saying that Danny Elfman would have taken away from that? <laughs> just a little bit, yeah,
2: just a. A Danny oh, Elfman, that's Trump you're Trump. talking to the wrong guy. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I <laughs> no, I'm a Danny Elfman like, guy. Okay, cool. Uh, let me be very clear, Dan. I'm a big Danny Elfman guy, but there are certain places he belongs and certain places he doesn't. He does that's, not belong anywhere near a Joker that's movie. A very good way of putting it. Also, Danny
0: Elfman scored the Fifty Shades movies. Nothing will oh. ever make me <laughs> laugh harder. They're like mm-hmm. these terrible movies. I remember. Oh, we were we were, I rewatched yeah. one because we were doing a podcast at about how bad it was. Did you know that? Yo, I've traveled to see Danny Elfman. What's he do? What's he doing? When I went, I it was uh, Barclays was showing Nightmare Before Christmas, and Danny Elfman and Catherine O'Hara and uh, the 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 cast of Nightmare Before Christmas was there with an orchestra, and they just did the movie, and it was the coolest shit in the world. Uh, Paul Rubens was not there. I think he was in trouble at that time, but yep, it was amazing. So what's he gonna do? Is he gonna do like Oingo Boingo stuff, or
2: is he going to do uh, movie stuff? I have no idea. He's in this in the flyer. He's sandwiched between Twenty One Savage and DaBaby. Baby. Like I don't know what he's <laughs> supposed to be doing between those sets. I'm not even joking. I'll send you guys the fucking flyer. It is unbelievable to look at. But like I would go and see a, a, a movie composer for sure. Like Hans Zimmer does these tours and shit all the time. Yeah, I would go to those. Now Hans whole- Zimmer has done Coachella, I believe. Yeah, who's the guy? I I would
1: see Hans. Who's the guy who did uh, the uh, Sicario? He, he died. But like that guy was fucking unbelievable. Oh, really? Yeah. He, it, that, like I listen to the Sicario fucking soundtrack, and it's just like the best.
0: Uh, while we're on Randy yeah. Newman, I'll also say best original song. The heavy favorite is I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocketman. And I didn't think that was a particularly good song. Certainly not up to the standards of the, the people who made it. I think that I can't let you throw yourself away. From Toy Story Four is the best of these songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Johan Johansson is the uh, yep. the guy who did Sicario, and he died uh, uh, last two years ago.
0: If they yep. did a if they did a music, if they did like a score fest, and it's just like Randy Newman, the dude from Radiohead, uh, Ludwig Göransson,
2: like all okay. John Williams. Oh, you're a Ludwig. Thomas. Guy? Oh, I'm a big Ludwig Gorenson guy. We've been we're talking about him with the Mandalorian for like the last like six months. It's just like this guy. You want to talk about up didn't and up? Even know
1: that he did that. Yeah, he did. Yep, I told he did.
2: you. Wow. Mando, Creed, Black Panther, like all these fucking great scores. He's gonna be the guy. I can think. I Adam, you, can I interest you?
0: Can I interest you in a song called "Forever" by Heim? That's pretty good. And a song yeah, called Redbone. By or an album called "Awaken My Love" by Childish Gambino. That guy
1: rules. So, uh, you, what else do we got? Anything? Any? Uh, any final? Oscar no. Mainly, or? I
0: want to get to the bottom of what Danny Elfman <laughs> is doing. There was a great. If you guys <laughs> want if you guys want if you want a good um, "I Reject Your Hypotheses" moment, one time in an interview, Dan, Danny Elfman was doing something, and there was an audience, and they took questions from the audience, and someone just asked like a harmless throwaway question. They were like, hey, Danny, I'm a big fan of everything you've done. I'm just wondering, uh, do you think you'll ever remaster any of like the old Oingo Boingo stuff? And Danny Elfman, very uh, Quentin Tarantino, is like, why do you feel they need to be remastered? And it was so <laughs> awkward. He was like, do you yep. even know? He was basically like, yo, you don't even know what mastering means. You're just using that that term. You're just trying to sound cool. I mixed it and mastered it the way it should have sounded, and that's how it sounds. All right? Ooh, Go fuck it. yourself.
1: Uh, here, here's uh, here's an interesting way. We started We started uh, with the biggest snubs, uh, best movies not included in the Oscars. Let's end it with, what do you think the worst movie nominated for an Oscar this year is? Because there, the, there are some good candidates.
0: That's a great question. I mean, among among best picture, those three, I would say Ford versus not necessarily Ferrari, just, The Irishman, and uh, and Joker. But only one of those movies, I feel, is bad. Like, Ford vs. Ferrari, awesome... A fine popcorn awesome, movie. Awesome, right, exactly, exactly. But it did, but not, certainly not this year. It doesn't deserve but anything But, like, big if like you're that.
1: talking about best movie just straight up nominated for an Oscar, you, I think you gotta throw, like, The Lion King into that category. Uh, Frozen 2. Lion King was bad. Lion, was, King was, Lion King was shot for shot bad for outside, no outside of, like, the... Just like the technical achievement of it. Yeah. Like it is just like the laziest, oh, you most know uncreative movie. Can I
0: revise my all underrated team? And I don't know who I'm going to take off, but I want to put Aladdin on there because Aladdin, Aladdin was big good. Big time
2: disrespected this year. Big time disrespected. Ugh. Do you mean at the Oscars or in life? I would say by fans in general. Like I know it made a billion dollars or whatever, but like people. Acting as if it's just another live action remake, like I think that this is, is the, the this is the yeah. exception that proves the rule, or if you whatever you want to call it that, because it really it this is my like bar, right? Look, we've been talking about a ton of uh, recent like Lilo and Stitch is getting a live action remake, for example, and that got announced yesterday. My bar is always like if you have a vision like Guy Ritchie had with Aladdin, and you uh, as a director or at least going to give this cash cow a guise of, like, I, like, artistic integrity, right? Like, so my dumb brain isn't like, wow, I'm just watching this hollow Disney cash grab to make a billion dollars, then do it. Absolutely do it. As long as it's something like Aladdin and not something like Lion King.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I love Aladdin because you you give Will Smith that role, and, like, Will Smith easily could have been like, fuck this, I'm going to get the bag and just really mail this in. Right. He was fucking awesome as the genie.
2: I love that. great. Which
1: there, there was, like, a little bit of pressure for him to be awesome as the genie, especially with Robin Williams having died. Uh, but, like, he easily could have mailed that in and just cast a check, and he did not. Like Word. Gemini, man.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, that's what Will Smith has been doing for quite some time. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, props to Will Smith. Because uh, Aladdin might be, like, the best movie that he's done in, like, the last
2: ten you know, Five, ten, somewhere around the years, dude. We did a dive on his uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores on LCB, and boy, are they bad! Over like the last decade, they are like none of them are above like a sixty. It's you're,
1: bad. You're a you're a big Star Wars guy. Where do you put Star Wars: uh, Rise of Skywalker amongst like the worst movies to be nominated for an Oscar?
2: Hi. <laughs> it's it's so it's for score, right? So right. like score sure score was fine that's that's totally fair. Um, I I think was the one person that walked away from the theater experience. I didn't even have a honeymoon effect for this movie. Like I walked away and I was like oh oh <laughs> what a fucking it, it was almost like watching a car like swerving and just like this movie was the overcompensating swerve to get back on track right before it was veering off a cliff and explodes. Except they
1: tried to overcompensate in like ten ten minutes. Ten yes. fifteen minutes.
2: And yes. just course correct. Uh, course correct, and again, just straight off yeah. a cliff. You, it man, that was upsetting.
0: Yo, I'm looking at this Coachella lineup right now. <laughs> and so Danny I, Elfman Danny Elfman, getting second row. That's crazy. Getting that's second row. He's, I mean, geographically he's right on below the poster. Travis Scott. I was going to say, geographically on the poster, he's right below Travis Scott. Crazy. I would go to that, though. And I think that I'll tell you what: if we we should throw this uh, score festival, because people and we could like spell it cool, spell like S K O with two dots over it <laughs> and then an R, and people would for sure go to it because a it's a festival and people just go to festivals, and if you say it's about film scores, they'd be like, "Yo, that'll make me sophisticated as fuck." Mm-hmm. Do you play? Do you
1: play the scenes uh, on the backdrop of the stage I while like they're that. doing the yeah, score? No sound. No sound I like that. from them,
2: only from, yeah, from the, uh, the actual orchestra.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, shout out Vampire
0: Weekend on their uh, Grammy-nominated Father the Bride album. They both sample Hans Zimmer and have a song produced by Ludwig Goransson. Oh, so yeah. is Vampire Weekend having a moment, I guess is the real question.
2: <laughs> it's just hilarious looking at this again, because Danny Elfman is above. He's in big font. He's in like size 14 font. Below him in the size eight font is Roddy Rich, who has the number one billboard That's top really hit <laughs> in the fucking country.
0: That's wild. That's
2: absurd. All right. That'll well, do. the Irish man sucked,
0: but this was a lovely conversation. Ken, you know it's it's funny, Ken. Jack, you're uh, you're one of my favorite people on the web. But I've told you this before. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I for sure have you muted on Instagram because Smart. the TikTok stuff freaks me out. It's, I just can't do it. I understand that it scratches an itch for a lot of people, but it really freaks me out. But then when we talk to you, you're this very – this is going to sound super insulting, but like you're this very – way smarter than us on movies, way more eloquent than – Either of us. Extremely cultured. You're really – right. You're really living two lives here. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Somebody who is as cultured, you should not, like, dive into the shit that is on TikTok. But, yeah, you choose to do that to yourself. But you know what? People use social media to say, all right, I'm this shitty – I suck in
0: real life. But on social media, I'm going to be polished as fuck. Ken Jack, I would say, is the opposite, (laughs) where he's like this polished dude – Chargers fan does all the right things, and he's like, "All right, now that I'm on social media, I'm gonna
2: be a way worse representation." Yes, for any type of human. Look, most some people uh, do ketamine. Some people look at uh, weird TikToks. I do both, so like, there's a different sort (laughs) of like uh, vibe for each person. I just like looking at these freaky rednecks on uh, TikTok. I'm a big fan. That. Man, that's a, that's like an all-time
0: line in brunch history. Good shit, Ken Jack. Are we going to do a... Uh, I've talked to, to Jeff about this. If you guys have already done this without us, I'm not offended.
2: Uh, are, are we going to do another Worst Movies podcast? I think we're going to have to sometime soon. We definitely need another crossover. Uh, we're actually going to be doing, and this is going to be fun, uh, we're doing a really, really big Oscars show coming up soon. Um, it's going to be a live stream. And we're going to be, it's going to be us, it's going to be fights, it's going to be Marty Mush, who's in, if you're, if you're a brunch guy and don't know Marty Mush, he's a phenomenally insane human being. And um, it's going to be PFD commenter, and essentially we're all going to be betting on the Oscars, and whoever loses is going to be drinking a, a blended together cocktail of garbage that you get to vote on, on Twitter. You basically, you are going to make the concoction throughout the course of the Oscars and then we are going to make the loser of the night drink it, and it is God a I, lot of gross options. I fucking hate that. <laughs> I like all the people you just named. I hate that. I like the betting. I like the betting aspect and everything. Why you got to make it gross? It's gonna be so fucking gross. Like, it, and some of the things. Like, I put together the entire list of this of the options, and a lot of them. Like, like I'll give you like a little hint. Orange juice and toothpaste is a combination of oh one of them, God. and. Someone's going to throw up. It. If no one throws up, I consider it a failure. I mean, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be right. Every it's going to be fights, day. and he's going yes. to throw up. He's like your puke guy. He, he's fights is going to
1: throw up guy. even if he even if he wins, he's, gonna he's going to throw he's up. He's going to throw up. He's going to watch somebody else up. yes,
2: for sure. He's going to watch one of us, one of us drinking it, and he's going to absolutely puke. Uh, 100%. Is there
0: a bet that you can place? Uh, are there odds for does fights yeah. throw up one way or another?
1: <laughs> because. Yes, should be minus five thousand. I know you guys are yes. in and with Pen Gaming now, so there's you should be able to bet on who throws up during this uh, this event. I'm gonna see if we can get some action on that.
0: What are you betting on? What are you going to bet on? We've we've thrown out some of the the things that we think are good bets. I mean, all of my bets. So I've I've bet uh, Bong Junho. Uh, I did best. I did put some money on Florence Pugh, but I'm I legitimately put like two dollars on it. But she just had uh, some, some crazy odds. Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, all things, all non-favorites. But just because they had wild odds, I took like a combined 30 to $50 and just spread them out amongst those things. But what do you think are the particularly good bets?
2: Um, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here. So this is what I'll say. Um, Jeff has a really, really good gambling blog, I believe, coming out soon for the Oscars, where he has it all laid out, not necessarily based on who like he would be betting on or all that, but what the best odds are, like what you're going to get the best possibility of a payback on and all that. And he's way smarter with gambling than I am. So I would say look out for that blog because you'll get your best bang for your buck there. And as far as the odds are here for this, um, for our live stream situation, we're going to be, it's essentially like a draft. Like We're going to have different chances at the first pick. So like, um, like, for example, oh, I like, like that best picture I might have first pick. So I might I'd probably pick 1917. But then the next, like let's say it's best director. I might have fifth pick. So, oh, like, so you don't
1: so no, you, so you can't, can't repeat. Yeah, you're basically yeah, drafting exactly. picks. OK,
2: I like that. Yeah. Again,
0: I, I like all that. And I love all the people. The I hate the end part of it. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's going to be it's going to be something else. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that. You just do wild shit over there. Uh, very glad that you came on and did this yeah, with us. You. It was we fucked around a little bit. We talked some elfmen. We really did it all. So thank you, pal. Of course, man. Anytime.